Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon with Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Nomag. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. Super happy that you're joining us for this episode. Um, it's another good one. I can, I, we haven't even done it, but I can pretty much guarantee that at this point. Gar I think so, right? Yeah. Uh, we've had a string of them, a string of really good ones. 200 plus actually. That's, a, that's more than a string, but, um, that's a, that's a strand. It is. And you know what, everybody, okay. they are all available, um, on our website, on almost all of the guitar, uh, the, uh, the podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. So if you are, you know, strolling, scrolling through and checking out your stuff, then you can uh, listen along. Hey, Todd, what is it that we do on this podcast? Well, I was just going to ask you that, Tony. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks for asking. I asked myself. Well, we like to talk about music gear, specifically boutique gear. Even more specifically, we like to talk to the makers of this gear, and that would be things like guitars and amps and pedals and pedal boards and pickups and the occasional pickguard maker. I know one of those guys. Mm. And accessories. Oh, the accessories. We love to talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We also like to learn stuff. So we'll have 101s once in a while. We got a one one coming up, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to feature Jared. So, hey, oh. everybody, why don't you start sending in your questions? That we're I gonna can't wait. Are we going to talk about Mutrons? No, we're going to talk about uh, pickups. <laughs> yep. We're that sound just, good through mutrons. Big fat pickup fest. So, <laughs> um, anyways, speaking of think people that we like to have on the show, we've got one right now. Who are you, people? Me. Me, <laughs> 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 Chris DePinto. Right on. Chris DePinto of DePinto Guitars is joining us tonight. Yep. I think he fits the criteria. Indeed. I would say so. Indeed. Um, so we're really excited to have him on. Chris makes uh, some very, very recognizable guitars, I would say. Uh, Chris, would you say that? Yes. Yes. Uh, I think it seems to be your your forte. Um, so you can, where, where can people go see what you do right now? I'm really active on Instagram. I think if you just went to at DePinto Guitars, you're going to see everything I'm doing up to the last minute. And, uh, and that goes over to Facebook as well. So you can go there too. But I think the Instagram page, you know, you can see the pictures better and catch up on what I'm doing. And you can also go to dependoguitars.com. Um, but I don't really keep up on that. That has, you know, some inventory on it and some history. That's about it. Excellent. Excellent. Um, uh, where are you calling from tonight? <laughs> I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, man, there's a lot of great builders in Philly, man. And the Philadelphia Eagles. And a a Philadelphia steak sandwich. Oh, the Philly steak sandwich, (laughs) yep. And cream cheese. (laughs) Oh, don't forget the cream cheese. If you look on there, it doesn't say it's from Philadelphia. It's coming from like Virginia or somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And the Rocky statue. Don't forget the Rocky statue. Didn't they take that down? They took it down, didn't they? No, they moved it. well, they moved it because it's not really art. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a big kerfuffle about, about that. <laughs> Go check out the, these guitars because they're awesome and they're really unique. And I think you might actually fall in love with them as soon as you see them. So cool we're going to get into that whole big thing in uh, just a little while. 
first, we have a couple of announcements. And we want to thank Road. Road. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we want to thank Road Mics for providing this awesome equipment that we have um, at our behest to record our podcast. Um, this is a mighty fine equipment and mighty fine. My only, my only hang up with this is that our friends, the two Nicks are all the way in Australia and we may never get to meet them, but I sure hope we do in person. I think it sounds like a business expense if we go to Australia. Uh, maybe your business expense. <laughs> um, I've checked with my accountant and that ain't happening. Um, but uh, anyways, we're, we're really thrilled with the product and um, it is pretty outstanding. Oh, I, without a doubt. Yeah. I also wanted to point out a little while back, I made a little post about, hey, if you want your brand in our patrons' hands, you can send us a little... Uh, packet of stickers or pics or whatever kind of doodads you want to get out to um, the people that are supporting the show and others. You know, if we, whenever guitar shows come back, you know, uh, to the the public, you know, we usually take out a bunch of swag and, and, you know, as we're talking to people and share it. But um, I made that mention and I got uh, uh, quite a few things. And one of them says, Hey, guitar knobs crew, here are some stickers. Throw some in your patron packs and keep some for yourselves. We'll nice. do. Uh, thanks for for doing what you do, and that's from Taylor at Pedal Haven. So thanks yeah. so much, Taylor at Pedal thanks, Haven. Taylor. Um, and if you're out there and you're like, "Hey, I've got a I've got a brand. I've got I make guitar stuff. I listen to your show, and you want to send this to those, then just uh, shoot me a little DM on Instagram or or send me an email. Todd at theguitarnobs.com. All right, uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, what's going on in our music worlds this week, everybody. We're going to start over uh, in in on Tony Tony mm. Avenue, and then we're going to swing Avenue. down to uh, Chris DePinto Boulevard. It's actually Tony Lane. I said Tony Avenue, but it's Tony Lane. <sighs> Complicate things. I must do it, Tony. Okay, so this week, well, um, in addition to my normal making of pick guards uh i occasionally confer converse and otherwise hobnob with my fellow guitar building wizards and um i just found out something that i thought was interesting and actually it was announced last i guess october or maybe earlier than that that fender is no longer going to have ash guitars in their standard lineup why is that tony baloney because that's weird well, I think they're they're said they'll they'll continue to do custom shop. They'll continue on maybe some special runs, but the day in day out stuff. Apparently, the price of of swamp ash in particular has gone through the roof. And um, I guess there were some floods in the south where they harvest swamp ash, and then they were I think substituting in some cases. Um, uh, northern ash uh which is what they make baseball bats out of but it's a probably two or three times the weight of swamp ash but now up north we have the ash borer which is decimating i think they last i heard it was 70 percent of all of the ash trees in the north Jeez Louise. so ash is uh that's becoming a, a hard to get and expensive wood species 
Mm. So, mm. I mean, I can't imagine a butterscotch telly not being made out of ash. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, to me, it's a little too bright for my taste. But, you know, if you want that quintessential Telecaster sound, like a 50s kind of telly, I don't think he can do it with uh, anything but ash. Balsa wit, yes. <laughs> but I'm sure it, it's uh, someone will come up with a you know Chinese substitute that uh, will be the next best thing. Yeah, Chris, what do you uh, typically use? That's funny you say because I'm sitting on a bunch of pieces of ash that we haven't even cut into yet. I got them years ago um, for the USA factory, and uh, that uh, sputtered for a while, and now COVID has really killed it. So uh, even the uh, foreman over there was saying, you still got some ash over there, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and that was in the summer. He was talking about the price going up. So Yeah, yeah, that's, that's when it all kind of started, and now – I guess uh, you know Fender probably has you know a, a gold mine filled with you know boards, but uh, but they're Maybe. reserving that just for custom shop and, and special yeah. runs. Mm. And I don't know what I should do. Should I sell my pieces at a high price or should I, I hold you it? Should, you know, you should hold them and sell them for a yeah. higher price. I know, yeah. right? They're <laughs> going down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that is interesting news. See how that affects you know. It's it's kind of weird. Um, you know, we're we're running into more and more situations where it's like, oh, can't use that anymore. You know, whether it's uh, yeah. you know, rosewood or or ash, and, and these things are so common before. So, yeah, curious. Well, I mean, well, I guess we'll just have to go back to recycling pallets. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's see here, Chris. What's going on in your music world? I've been uh, just busy writing songs and recording and. I've always been way behind times with recording. I've used, you know, like eight track reel to reel. And then I went to a, oh, a little yeah. Zoom four track, you know. So may I ask what uh, what inch tape? Are two two inch tape, one inch tape, quarter inch? Oh, I was quarter inch. I had the old Fostex, the one that Steve I used back in the eighties. I still have oh, it. That, yeah, that's that's cool. It's cool. Right. It sounds amazing, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard to deal with it, and there's tape dropout. There's, you know, frequency dropout. So then I uh, went to this little Zoom four-track handheld thing, and oh, yeah. I just mastered it. The people would hear the demos and be like, what studio did you do this in? <laughs> <laughs> Using the wow. actual built-in sounds, too. You know, just tweaking them. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about, you know, getting the best sound out of what you're using. And, um, you know, some things you have to throw out just so you can't use it. But other things have... You know, the guys who, who invented this stuff, like the Zoom stuff, they also love Thin Lizzy and Eddie Van Halen, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're tweaking my favorite sounds into it as well. So you can actually use these to your advantage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, lately, the thing is, they're super affordable. Yeah, Great. they're so cheap, and, and you can get so much out of them. And I'm talking about one that I got back in 2005, maybe. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, I had to give that up because the real problem was – how do I turn it into an email file that I can send to somebody? I was going onto a, um, a disc, you know, like a, a CD burner, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it was such a pain. So I really had to start recording on a laptop and emailing stuff that way. And once I finally got myself a program, I think I'm using Mixpad right now. I just can't believe how great it is just to like email a file and send it back and forth. And someone sends you a track and you just download it onto the track and there it is. And especially with COVID, we're, we're emailing tracks back and forth and we're writing songs this way. It's great. Yeah. I love it. It's, yeah. it's uh, 
remarkable what uh, technology is affording us in the music world. Uh, Jared, how about yourself, buddy? Oh, yesterday was new pedal day. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, Danny Cop of Cop Stringed Instruments, he's up in um, Catawba, Ohio, um, a stone's throw of where I pretty much grew up. And he he uh, told me about this fella named Calvin Cordy and, and said Calvin uh, was interested in a set of my pickups. So, so anyway, I asked Calvin, I said, what do you do for a living? And he said, I build amps and repair amps and I make pedals. And uh, he's got a pedal out right now called Velvet Fog. And oh. he he makes this pedal with a, it's got like a tube, a vacuum tube. So you see the little, he makes a little window in the center. Yeah. We were talking about that on one of the recent podcasts there. Exactly. So he, he did that. And man, when you take the cover off the back, it's, it's all like point to point that there, I mean, he's, he's used to doing a lot of point to point with amplifiers and stuff like that. So, Hmm. you know, he already, he already has the skill. Is that, that endor- endorsed by Mel Torme? It could you, be. You, there's one other person besides me that actually knows what the hell you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. Um, Mel Torme's nickname was the Velvet, Velvet Fog. Is the Velvet Fog. The Velvet Fog, baby. That's that's the name of the... I don't know if that has something to do with it or not, but um, <laughs> it's a really cool... and uh, It's a really cool housing. Um, it's there's this clear layer on the bottom. You know how you have the bottom of the housing? Well, he puts a clear piece of, I don't know if it's plexi or some sort of something and the whole, so there's a whole ring around the the bottom of the pedal that lights up when it's on um, besides the indicator on the top of the pedal. Um, Nice. It's built really well. Uh, I have pedal number four. Nice. And uh it's and he built this um along the lines of to you know to give you the dumble sound. So it doesn't I plugged it into a few Marshall amps and it didn't yeah, it didn't uh doesn't correlate with the Marshall very well, but if you've got a clean fender amp, that's what you want to use this pedal for. And it yeah. just it'll it'll blow your eardrums out and it sounds awesome. Yeah, so Marshall, um, Marshalls in general don't like pedals. They don't play well. They don't. Uh, they like they like very little, um, you know, a little of this and a little of that, but not too much of anything, really. Yeah, they don't like to be front-end loaded. That's nope. Sure. So um, anyway, this pedal, I, I hooked it into my twin reverb that's been brown-faced. The thing is amazing. It's, it's loud yeah. as heck. It's, you know, re- so, yeah, I'm really happy with that pedal. So cool. that uh, it was new pedal day. So I'm really excited. Bueno. Nice. Bueno. And tomorrow I get to go up to Lay's Guitar Repair. So I that's going to be fun too. What See how my 69 Martin's doing up there. Oh, do you have anything else there? Didn't you have a your purple, purple sparkle up there? I'm going to take that guitar to him tomorrow. Well, that's going to be neato when you get that done. Be like, yeah, I want this in purple sparkle. So. Awesome. Hey Todd, speaking of Lay's guitars, what's going on in uh, your music world this yeah. week? Yeah, Lay's. 
<laughs> Nothing having to do with that. However, um, I uh, recorded the, let's see, it was the the um, One Minute Wonder with the ADD Overloader Deluxe. And um, for those who don't know what that is, haven't checked it out, um, every week I try to do uh, a one-minute demo of um, of a pedal. And uh, so we've been putting those up on Instagram, and they're really fun to do. And, and just try to give a, a good glimpse as to what does this pedal do really well. It's, I don't go into, like, here's all the 14 knobs and everything. It's like there's the Internet is full of that, and you can find that if that's what you want. But if you just want a quick hit of, like, ooh, that sounds cool, then check it out. Anyways, I just kept playing with that. Uh, the tweakability of that and how it affects different combinations of pedals is just outstanding. It is such a great pedal. Uh, the audio disruption devices overloader deluxe and Dan Minner was on the show, um, previously. And so you can check that episode out. It's just a few back. And, um, and he, he's actually been He's been sick off and on for like a while now, and um, I hope he's getting better. But uh, poor old Dan was having a, a hard time the other day. I reached out to him just to see how he's doing. But um, uh, yeah, these are handmade pedals, and they sound excellent. And especially, I, I personally just really love this Overloader Deluxe because of uh, all the filters. It's just basically, it's a it's like a signal manipulator. It's got filters and resistance manipulator and band passes, and it's just great. And it looks cool. So that's always a bonus, you know? Anyhow, good stuff. So that was a fun pedal to play with because it really does affect the, uh, even for a punch in. Like you don't, it, it's, not a, it's not a pedal that you necessarily have to say, oh, I'm going to leave this on for an entire song. You can just punch in and out of it, and it just like radically changes the way that it sounds like you can go from something nice and smooth sounding like something that you know came off of one of the stooges tracks in like a split second it sounds it's really cool nice so there's that how about some of this yeah <laughs> perfect one two one two three four on the floor jared name yes. something that is short Really flat, plugs into things, and black. Man, the only thing I can think of is a tour gear design patch cable well, from a pedal board. That is brilliant, because that is the only thing that really matches that description, yep. for sure. One of the best parts about these things, and Jared, I know you know this because you've bought some. Mm -hmm. I've got them all over my board. Tony's got them all over his board. And many of our guests, as a result of us talking about it, have got them on their boards. That's right. And now it's time for you to go get them on your boards. Whoever you are listening right now, you're like, I know you guys keep telling me about this. Get them. Honestly, there's no reason not to. They they start out at under $6. Yep. Per, for, 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 a, for, a, for a single cable. Now, just do some comparative comparative shopping, all right? Uh, we'll just leave it like that. Uh, but wait, I'm going to help you out even more right now because if you go to tourgetterdesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash guitar knobs, you are going to get 10% off your entire order. Wow. That That's, makes it oh, just a, a hair over $5 a cable. Yeah. That's and, right. And you know why I say entire order? Because you're not going to get one cable. You're going to be like, this is a fantastic deal. Just and get these a things bunch. look legit. You're going to get a bunch of them. So head on Trust over there. Me. Tour Gear Designs, 
Com forward slash discount forward slash guitar knobs and save 10% on the, the best thing uh, patch cables out there. Okay, dokie, let's head on over to find out what Chris DePinto, guitar builder extraordinaire even, has for his four on the floor. What's number one? Number one for me would have to be the first client ever made. Zero zero two. Do you know about that pedal? Is this your pedal? Well, it was at one time, but that's kind of a joke. It was actually, yeah. I don't own it. That was kind of a joke. It is for oh. sale at the moment for half a million dollars on Reaper. Oh, you didn't find out for that. <laughs> it's a little bit of a joke for it to be up at that price. Uh, it's its own right now. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's funny. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but um, if you're into pedals and if you're into the clan you know that they're going up in price like crazy right now yeah and um i sold the first clan which actually the serial number is zero zero two funny story about it is when the guy made the first 15 clans he saved the serial number zero zero one for himself and he made it the week after <laughs> so zero zero two is number one <laughs> and the mistake was telling anybody because he said that in an interview and uh a clown comes into my shop and it uh we look inside and it has zero zero two inside and we start reading about it and we realize that's number one. <laughs> oh my god that's a crazy story so it's the rarest pedal it's the most you know desirable pedal and it's the first one too so you're just freaking out how did it come into your shop well uh, a musician had it on its pedal board and um he showed us a bunch of pedals he wanted to sell, and we saw the climb there, and we said, is that for sale? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not selling that one. And he walked off with it. And I said, if you ever want to sell it, I'll definitely buy it from you. Oh, wow. But that's that's usually the end of the story. They never come back, you know. But he calls back a month later, and he's like, I want to sell that pedal, and I, this is how much I want to get for it. It's a lot, but that's how much I want. And I was like, I'll pay it right now. Wow. <laughs> I thought... Actually, I didn't know. I didn't open it. I didn't know what the serial number was inside. I paid a high price not even knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. And then we start doing research on it after I own it. And I'm like knocked out by this pedal. I cannot believe how rare it actually is. That's incredible. I put it up for sale on Reverb just to get some interest. Because I'm interested in getting some you know, um, articles written on it. Mm-hmm. And getting some clicks and getting some you know, action going on it. Mm-hmm. So I put it up for an absurd price, which I think is an absurd price, $4,200, you know? Like, I don't it's see any pedals on now. <laughs> Not at the time, a good four or five years ago, $4,200. Oh, geez, that was four or five years ago. Jeez. Yeah, it was a while. And um, it was, I thought it was a shocking price. It was so much higher than every other con at the time. Wow. And um, somebody offered 36 and I turned it down. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And I said, I don't even want to sell it. I want to get some articles written because I was talking to him over the phone. Mm-hmm. So he hung up the phone and then, boom, he pushed by it now and he bought it at 42. Wow. And I was just upset that I had to ship it, <laughs> <laughs> but psyched to pay a bunch of bills too. So, yeah. And now um, there's this if you have one that has serial number 349, well, I'm not saying if you do, but people are putting those up for him. And it's it's getting out of control because the idea was this was the first one, you know? Yeah. Mm. That's nuts, man. That's a crazy story. That's a great story. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, It's amazing, right? 
But that was my pedal, and I did use it on our last recording. I have a band called Cream Circus, and it got used on a bunch of songs on that record. And uh, people always ask me what it sounds like, but you can hear it on there. Wild, wild. It's, it's awesome. It, sound, it makes the guitar sound amazing. You know, it's just huge and thick and pops out of the mix. It's, that's the hardest thing sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's like Jared. So, anyways, um, why don't we? <laughs> All right, so that's my joke. Do <laughs> you want to know my four pedals? Yeah, how about number two? All right, well, okay, so a boost pedal, basically anything. And you can use the Klon as an example. That's the boost pedal. Um, and I need some sort of delay. Anything, analog, digital, it's only going to be in there for a slap back. You know, it's a subtle thing. And that's going to be used for leads. Do you have a Do you have a go to that that you really like? Oh man! I mean, if I had to go to a gig right now, yeah, I would. I would pick something. I have this Echo E K K O six one six analog delay, and you can tune in a little chorus too on it, which is nice. So I might grab that. Cool. And it's small, but I also have a T Rex replicator replicator here. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? That is yep. a tape delay, right? Yeah. And that's big and cool looking. So that could go to the gig too, right? Right. <laughs> Either one. I don't care. It's just as long as it it fills in for the leads because just, you know. But then again, you know, like what is the gig of the night? What what are we playing? What's the music? For my band, this is what I have to have. I would this say just like, make it for your band. What the, the kind yeah. of music you make. And, and that right. that'll be the that'll be the the parameter we use for the for the last two. Yes. So my so, band tends to be right, in the ahead. Thin Lizzy T Rex sort of vibe. You know, seventies. You know. Yeah. Distorted yeah. guitar. So, so I was going to ask, uh, how uh, do you? Yeah, I'm sure you've used Echoplexes before, and how do yeah. you think that the T Rex replicator uh, compares? Well, um, I only got to try it as a test when I was buying it from the guy. And I didn't get to really put it through my rig. But I did notice, like, it's, it was doing that Echoplex thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about the Echoplex, it's got that, I don't know, that brightness, you know? Like, your echo is brighter than your guitar, which is what I like. I like the echo to have its own sound, mm-hmm. a different sound than the guitar, you know? That's more exciting to me. Even or even if it's more dull, I like it too. I just want it to be different. I don't know if I like digital delay where it's the exact um, sound of your instrument. Um, so this thing was doing a different sound, and I liked it. It was it had the sound of tape because that's the only yeah. way you can get it, you know. And yeah, um, I, I, I kind of like the unpredictability of of tape echoes. You know, sure. some, sometimes it depends on the age of the tape, how fast what your you know current is running through the pedal and that sort of oh, thing. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it can vary so much. So yeah, it, it is kind of fun that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the sound of a, of a guitar on tape. Uh, even if you on on a reel to reel machine and you start the tape and the song starts up quickly or slowly, or you stop the tape, you get that unexplainable sound of the you know of the music. I don't know, but that fidelity is the sound of these tape machines, and yep. that's what you want when you have, you know, echo. I think personally, yeah, I so agree that's with the you. best. If you're willing to carry it, that's the best one. Yeah. Mm. How about number three? Okay, so 
And you're talking to someone who is trying to cut all the pedals off the stage, right? So <laughs> I would be happy to have the curly Q chord going from the guitar right up to the Marshall, you know, mm-hmm. like Jimi Hendrix. But, um, and also I'm singing too, so I don't want to have to hit pedals. So I tend to make up these things, which are many pedals in one. Like I have this pedal that was made for me that has a, a little attenuator in it, a little, you know, like volume knob, so I can cut the sound of the guitar like yeah. cutting back your volume on your guitar, but it, there it is on a pedal. So I can have a preset cut, which I love. So then I can hit it back for a regular full power guitar sound, you know, like I'm on 10. It does that. Then it also has an effect loop built into it. So then I can bring that delay in when I hit that pedal. So now I've brought up the volume of the guitar and I brought in a delay because it has an effect loop in it too. So this is a... A switcher box that can do a lot of things. Nice. That counts, right? Yeah, that counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's got attenuator and it has an effect loop that comes in and out. And there, there's your boost right there. And I guess normally I would have some sort of distortion box too, but I personally have never found a distortion box that I like. Like I can't use a clean amp and then use a distortion box to get my sound. I just have to use some sort of amp with distortion built in. And maybe I just haven't found the pedal. Maybe somebody can point me in the right direction, but um, I can't find it. Am I by myself there? Uh, no, 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 that's the <laughs> eternal search for like, I'm kind of a drive nut myself. Um, yeah. And so I, I, there's a lot of really fantastic different drives, but it sounds like you like just even having a, a good range master would do you some good. Mm, yeah yummy yeah we just had uh r2r electric uh on there who makes a really tasty one so does uh hello sailor i mean and those aren't the only two people those are just like literally the two guys that we just had on the show that are making really great range masters but well i think i'm with with you chris as well i mean i i use some you know pedals some distortion well drive pedals just for just to add on what the ha- amp yeah. already has to offer just to get that extra oomph. Yeah, like I that, would do that. Like the the Velvet Fog I'm talking about, that's what that does. But mm. um, but yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I'm, to me, nothing's really better than, you know, my yeah. dual super lead, my Marshall. I mean, that thing. Oh, right. That thing's crazy awesome. So mm. I don't yeah. Know. But I'd love to find it because wouldn't it be great to show up to a show and just plug into somebody's amp and have that pedal that just does that, you know? Yeah. Because then you're carrying less, right? <laughs> yeah, indeed. That's one of the one of the things that um, we found really great about that R two R electric uh, range master that they that he uh, sent to us, which is it's an amp top and it has a, a six way rotary on the back. So regardless of the amp or regardless of what pickups you have like you're gonna get a setting that, just, that sounds awesome hmm. that's just one of so those it's things a, it's a pedal or an amp preamp it's, or what it's is a, it it's an amp top uh effect so you go well he makes both though. yeah he does make them both um but uh, the one he sent us has that has that that uh six-way rotary independent hmm. rotary it's not ganged rotary i guess the term would be hmm. but uh anyways yeah i mean the <laughs> drive pedals galore out there so many good ones yeah um, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to dig into, um, Mr. Chris DePinto's guitar, uh, building 
ness, I guess you might say. And in in a in a nutshell, Chris, what would you say you've kind of made your name on? Oh, I am modern retro. I I think I started it. And maybe someday someone will explain to me, no, this guy was doing it first. But in 1994-95, I am trying to make weird 60s instruments like they were made back in in the 60s, yes. like to the detail. And um, I was only doing it because I was left-handed and I loved them and I couldn't find them. Mm. It was only out of necessity. And I just had a few people want me to make these guitars for them, which really wasn't the plan. And as it started to take off, I was told to my face that... <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Why do you want to do this? Who wants this? You know? Mm -hmm. And I only say that because, you know, it's just come around to that. Like everything is sixties retro wild and it's just such a great thing. I love it. I'm so glad that, um, I can look around and see stuff that I love (laughs) because in the nineties I couldn't, I was looking at Steinbergers and PRSs and just headless guitar world. I think, (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, flame tops, you know, salad bowl looking things. And I did all the trade shows. Believe me, I saw all the guitars and um, it was kind of a lonely place back then, but it's not now. So no. yeah. now, nice. when you say 60s guitars are reminiscent of dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I'll tend to skew towards echoes and Italian guitars and, you know, Hagstroms and Dan Electros and Tesco's. That's my thing. Yeah. And that made it even harder. Now, of course, melody makers and, you know, three pickup SGs and, you know, Firebirds are cool too. I, I go that route too. But I, this is the thing that I try and do. I try and do the sparkle tops and the pearly fretboards. And, you know, yeah. I was doing, you know, gold foil pickups real early on with my guitars. And uh, it's just what I loved. And uh, it's so weird to see so many gold foil pickups now. I just can't even believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I just, it's such a wild thing. I love it though. You know, I'm glad Jared made me a, some awesome blue foil Tesco pickups for yeah. yep, Amazing. I, I was psyched by the sound because, you know, you think, well, how's it going to, it's going to sound like the original. Dude, this, that, the tone was better than the original. Hey, wow. I, I, doubt I, I am that. no need to search eBay for an old one because I'll just use Jared's the great, you know, Woo-hoo. that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, great that's to hear. A, um, so was the uh, was the Galaxy your first uh, first model that you offered? Um, as far as when I start, so I make myself a guitar. I make this ten string instrument. <laughs> it's like tuned in fifths. That's the first thing I make, and it kind of looks like this rare Burns thing. It's um, very angular. Kind of looks like a Pro One. You know what a Dan Electro Pro One looks like? Yeah, very fifties yeah. angular. That's the first one that I make for myself. And that's the one everybody sees me play on stage and they're saying, make me a guitar like that. Mm. So then I say to myself, well, I'm not going to make you my you know, signature guitar. <laughs> I'm young and I want to be famous, right? I'm not going to start handing that to other people. So um, I figure I'm going to make three other models and see if other people will buy these other three models. So I do. I make a thing called a satellite, which is an offset Jaguar shape. And that becomes the Galaxy later. That's what you know. Yeah. As the Galaxy. And then there's the Mach 4, which is more of a Mose, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this Les Paul thing, 
kind of Les Paul. It's more of a Supra looking thing. That's that was the, the Belvedere. Belvedere. Yeah, they were the three at first, and I presented those three to the first three or four buyers that were interested here in Philadelphia, and they all picked the Galaxy or the satellite. They all picked that one, so I made a bunch of those at first. When Jerry gets hopped up on something, as we all do, you know, we we reach out and we go, "You got to do what you want. You better have this guy on the show." <laughs> so I was, hey, man. Right. That's that's verbatim too. Yeah, but um, one <laughs> your your guitars are in the hands of two of my favorite guitar players, oh, Elliot, really? Elliot Easton. Oh yes, and Will Crudson. Oh um, wow! Because I love the cars and I love Adamant, and I was at the stage on the last uh, Adam Ant show. And uh, it was cool just watching Will do his thing. He's a, he's a, he's a fun guitar player to watch and he loves, he brings flash and show to the, you know, the right amount. And, um, and then as I, um, as I was learning more about him, um, cause I think at the time he was playing, he might've had an East, an Eastman. Um, but anyways, uh, he, uh, I noticed that he had one of these. I think he's he's using it for a scant regard band, and yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, and I started putting you know all these things together. So, anyways, oh yeah, well he's one of the few that will go on stage with a weird '60s instrument. Oh yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what the up. the model is, but it's the one with all of the rocker switch, the, the multicolored rocker switches up at the top. Yes, yeah, he's playing one of those. I, I think it's a spectrum yeah taste, yep, yep, yep yep split pickups yep. oh man it gets a great tone out of it to be able to get a great tone out of a weird thing like that it's awesome and i've never played one so maybe they're actually really nice but um yeah yeah he's playing the, after my the own Eastman model on that which is going to be probably built a little bit more playable i would imagine oh, okay all right, all right um yeah. and uh the the thing that kind of knocked me out about so what's what's curious is like there's there's a similar you know, you've got the round rocker switches. These are the, the mm. big rectangle ones. Yeah. And and they're all single pickups. When I look at guitars like that personally, and, um, you know, this is my sort of like weird strato business here. I I play more, I play a little bit more physical, I feel like. Maybe I'm just imagining that. And I play more rhythmy stuff. And he's playing the same stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's Adamant stuff. So he's not wheelie-wheeling necessarily. He's doing a little yeah. bit of that. Um, yeah. But it, here's, like, all these controls, and he's still totally, like, rocking, like, proper, like, rock power stuff. And and uh, yeah. and I was like, wow, that's really – I never would have guessed you would have picked that guitar to do it. And he, you know, I love it. Well, that's also my thing. I've always wanted to um, fool the senses. I always wanted the guitar to look like the cheapest thing. I wanted it to look like a cartoon guitar, actually, but sound like a professional instrument that you could, that Ingve could play. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. I wanted to, I mean, there were some of my favorite guitarists, there was like Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes, and and I, I, know, I wanted to uh, to combine the weird. 60s thing i was into as well because you know as, as a teenager you're changing you're getting into different things and um you know maybe you're not listening to heavy metal anymore i started listening to sid barrett you know other weird stuff and i, I and i was into this article in guitar player magazine called off the wall i don't know if you remember from back then but the writer's name was tasco del rey he took the name for himself uh, i'm not oh sure yeah. what his real name yeah, is yeah 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 
And I just, I just love that article. I stared at those guitars, and then later on, I started to find those guitars at pawn shops. So I, you know, so then I find myself combining these two worlds that really don't go together. And then form and function become very important. How are you going to make it look like that, but work like this? Yeah, and that that's the hardest thing. You know, it's interesting. Uh, many shows ago, we were talking about um, a lot of. I think Tony, you might have been talking about like the Japanese guitars, the old style Japanese guitars. And mm-hmm. I think our guest or somebody said, um, you know, the ties going, I said, wait a minute, hang on a second. Let's just address this really quick. Now, I think most people would say, and you probably have more experience than this with any of us, uh, Chris, when, as far as the, how the pronunciation goes, but it dawned on me, I'm like, that's spelled like Seiko watches. It's, it's, mm. and, and I know I'm, I'm relatively familiar with several Japanese things. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm like, no, that's, that's Tesco. It's not Tesco. It's and, Tesco, but it, yeah, it's not even a word though. It's not even made to be a word. You know, it's an acronym, right? I didn't know that, but I just know that the, the vowel sounds in Japanese yeah. is, is an A, not a, anyways. So uh, what is the, right. what is the, the acronym? It's Tokyo Electronic Instrument Sound Company. <laughs> Ah, isn't that crazy? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. <laughs> where's the where's the where's the gaki? G a k k i. That's yeah. usually in the in one of the names of Japanese companies. Gaki. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, gaki. Gaki. Sorry. Uh, gaki. Well, the funny thing about it is, it's it's a you know it's English words. Yeah, <laughs> acronym. It's not even, there's nothing Japanese about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, who would have known? Who would have known? We look at that. You just you just enlightened. Well, apparently, the Chris en- knew. Well, that's what I'm saying. You just enlightened the entire guitar world with that. That didn't know. Yeah, it. this is a good episode. We're learning things. Fantastic. I probably learned it from from off the wall too. You know, yeah. from the Taste with Del Rey episode or issues. Yeah. So his name, by the way, was Dan Fort. Or is oh, Dan yes. Fort? Yes, yes, uh, yes. So he had that. Oh, that was a great article. I loved that. I, I was just, just like you. I loved seeing the oddball stuff. And of course, in the eighties, when I was, you know, canvassing pawn shops and stuff, all that stuff was, you know, you'd buy it for fifty or seventy-five dollars, and just like, oh, oh my god, he was play it here. once and throw it away. <laughs> yeah, I just came now. across some. Yeah, yeah. I just came across some old pictures. They were the professional shots I had taken of two rare guitars, weird-looking guitars that I'd sent to him to try and get into one of the articles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I had a Microfets Orbiter, which is a crazy weird guitar. Oh yeah. You know? And, oh, yeah. uh, that one had, was, the, had the crazy, uh, adjustable intonation at the nut, didn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, it didn't work at all. It's so <laughs> fun. And you know what else it had? It had this little egg shaped thing that stuck into the horn of the body and it was a cordless system. And, Oh, transmitted to your FM radio so you could play guitar <laughs> through the radio. Oh my God. You gotta wow. love that. So awesome. So when but, did you when did you hook up with uh with Los Straight Jackets? Yeah, uh let's see, that's early on. You know, um I'm hand making guitars from like ninety-five to ninety-nine. And um I think um it starts to build a little too far past what I can do just by myself. So we, um, we find a, a Korean factory at the time and we have them, you know, we just sent them some prototypes and we got some instruments back from them. And, uh, 
I'm trying to remember. It might have been a year after we got our first prototypes because then I go to the NAMM show in Nashville. And a friend of mine says, you got to go see this band called Los Straight Jackets. They're amazing. And they just got a sponsorship with Fender, but they gave them squires with humbuckers in them. <laughs> and they're <a> surf band. <laughs> I said, why would they do something like that? That's crazy. Well, you know, they're going to love my guitars. I just have to meet them. We just have to make this happen. So I go see the show. And of course, it's like everything I love. It's fun. It's melodic. It's rocking. It's it's childish, but cerebral at the same time. It's it's great. The masks they have wrestling masks on, right? And you can tell they love guitar, you know. So um, they come to my booth the next day at the NAMM show, and um, Eddie Angel, the lead guitarist, just walks up to the Silver Sparkle Galaxy with a gold pearl pickguard and four pickups, and he's like, "Yeah, this this one, this is the one we're going to use. Make." matching guitars like this for everybody in the band, you know? Uh, and uh, he picked up the very first one the Koreans made. It was actually handmade. They made five guitars for me, and I took a couple of the prototypes to the NAMM show, and he picked out one of the first ones, and he still has it to this day. It's a handmade Korean instrument. And it's it's amazing. It sounds, it sounds slightly better than every other one I've ever made, I think, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You'll know when you hear him because that guitar fills the room when he plays it. He never takes the guitar out of the bridge position. He's always playing that bridge pickup, and he's plugged directly into a deluxe reverb, or maybe a Vibrolux. And it's just amazing. He'll hit the low E string, and you'll just be like, oh, my God. <laughs> what is that? The tone is filling the room. It's just the greatest thing. You should go see them if you can. Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you happen to catch them uh, when they were uh, touring with uh, Nick Lowe? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. What a show. Amazing. Amazing. What a show. It's like genius. You're watching genius, and you're just like, can't believe the music I'm hearing, you know? Yeah. I have a question for you, and uh, I may be the only one that doesn't necessarily know this, but I think one of the most interesting things about, at least if we're talking about the Galaxy, which is, uh, dare to say, the, your flagship guitar, right? Mm-hmm. What when when some people look at these or other, for lack of better terms, Japanese style guitars, oftentimes we see like, wow, that's a lot of pickups. What is the purpose? What is the upside? What is the downside of four single pickups? Well, if you ask me, the purpose is to freak people out. <laughs> and I know nobody wants to hear that. They all want to hear that there's some tone reason. <laughs> but you know, when you see a picture of Hound Dog Taylor playing a four pickup guitar, it's just you want it. You know, you you want yeah. that vibe. I mean, vibe is so important to the performer, to the artist, and even to the to the um, the fan out in the audience watching. You know, it has it can it can bring so much creativity if you if you have a certain look. And um, some people are all function and. Uh, and um, like I said, Eddie Angel picked the four pickup guitar, but he never plays anything except the bridge pickup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got it. He knew what I was talking about. He knew what I was trying to create as well. You know, yeah. he, he reminded him maybe of one of his first guitars he ever had, and he loved that guitar, but could never use it on stage. And that was what I was trying to do. You can use this guitar on stage, and it looks like that guitar you love. Yeah, that's the idea. However. I did own a Kent in the 90s that had four 
pickups. And these four pickups were really nice pickups. So the combination of the four, it was beyond Strat, you know, the, when you get two Strat pickups on at the same time, it was going beyond those tones, you know, because you had four of them, you had more combinations. And then so I figured, well, this, this is useful sonically too. You can take four pickups and I'll offer it to somebody in the studio and they can, they can get all new sounds, but they're all very similar. All those four pickup combinations. I think people are expecting otherworldly, but it's more strat type sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you have four of those pickups and in those style, the, the single coils, you know, those aren't really high output at all. So all four are going to complement each other in, in any configuration they're wired to, in my opinion, because, you know, you've got, you've got more room for more tone when, you know, not each pickup's not like 20K versus six or right. seven. Exactly. Well, yeah. if you remember though, Jared, you know, the, one of the first projects you and I worked on together was the, uh, the Marauder. Oh yes, uh, I with, do. With the under the guard pickups, we made yeah, those were those were kind of a weird thing because they were so far away from the strings. Yep, <laughs> but yep. all the coils were just you know everything was so scrunched together. Yeah, and you could put it. I had it switched so you can go in and out of phase and yeah. and uh, hum canceling in certain positions. It was. It's actually pretty. It's it's fun to play around with. Now, how practical? You know, hmm. it's. Drama. I'm all about getting those pickups close. Were you able to get good tones out of it with the? Um, if, I think if the pickups were above the plastic, yeah. you'd stand a much better chance of getting some good tone tonality they used out of it. A lot of magnets too. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just a fun project. Uh, Fender had released the uh, uh, the reissue of the uh, of the Marauder. And yeah. they had wrong pickups in it and everything. So I said, well, let's just route out the body and drop four. I, I, I pulled up the specs off of the, uh, off of the, uh, the uh, uh, patent application. And Jared made four of these pickups for me. Oh, that's and, cool. And it they worked, were crude yeah. too, but they were they <laughs> were <worked>. monsters. <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> yeah, they, it looked that's great awesome. when we were done. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I think maybe if you use an EP booster or just some sort of little booster, I think it would sound okay, right? Yeah, I think that with you know, Fender was the would would have continued with that design. They probably should have put some sort of onboard preamp or or something like that. Which maybe you know, just make a whole giant large cover for all four of those pickups and actually raise them up. Yeah, closer to the strings, I think would would have been a better thing to do. Yeah, you I know, agree. I had a customer one time. He worked at a guitar store, and I was, you know, shipping Depintos to their guitar store. They were selling them, and he kept demanding that I lower my pickups down to the level of the pick card. He said, "That's what Clapton did. He had his pickups way <laughs> oh far away. Why are you shipping your pickups with them so close to the strings?" And I'm like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I need people to hear output when they plug my. They're not going to buy right. it. Let's, and he's like, "You don't know what you're doing over there." Oh, oh dear God! <laughs> so yep. he was saying, "Crank the amp up and lower the pickups." Now maybe there's something to that, but maybe you need a you know a sixty-eight, sixty-nine plexi to do it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's interesting what you said about the the how much 
the look plays into something. And this yeah. goes with, with a lot of things in life, right? You're talking Todd's language now. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, because look, let's face it. If, if Ace Freely was rocking like a junior, it, no. And no, no makeup. It doesn't. No, I was going to say no makeup. The makeup. Just the <laughs> yeah. guitar alone. If he's like, yeah, then you're like, well, it's just, it's like a little melody maker with or a junior with a single. No, man, he's got a, he's got a seventies sunburst with That's three DiMarzio double creams. Exactly. And the middle pickup doesn't even throws work. out flames, baby. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not even, it's, it's a little, it's actually not even a pickup. It's a little door that opens up. Yeah, it's a it's a picture of a pickup, and it opens up to let the smoke out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. But uh, that that you're right. It's like three exhaust pipes instead of one. It's, it's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and and, and obviously you know, the kind of music you're playing makes a huge, you know, fitting that for the music is a is a really big deal. And and that's oh, something yeah. that I th- I I marvel at this. I'm hip to it, but I marvel at, marvel at it when I'm seeing other bands. I'm like, your music is really good, but you guys look like you just came in from work. What the hell? Uh, I know. <laughs> like, you don't have on. to tell me. You this gotta is my have whole a life. gimmick. Hmm. Well, let's take it to the next level. I mean, I have a band, like I said, called Cream Circus, and it is it's 70s glam rock, and it is platform shoes, and yeah. we're doing the whole thing. Yeah. And the people in my band, they have to get on board with these outfits, but... Yeah, as you can see how detailed I am with the instruments, the outfits have to be just as detailed. I don't accept somebody stopping off at the, uh, the Halloween store and buying a hat and a boa, you know? Yeah. Like, so now. <laughs> That's not believable. You know, and then nobody's going to buy it. No. So when you come to see my band, you're going to get the same experience. Um, the band isn't as. Uh, successful as the guitars but <laughs> <laughs> but you're having a good time and the people that are time, watching yeah, yeah. it are buying it and that's what okay, it's about yeah. it's like oh I'd, I'd be all into that you know when you go to a show you probably you like wanna, it you want to yeah. feel it you want to you want to be like yeah this yeah. is a thing yeah. man this and then philly you know we just we'll pack the room and we don't work it you know if we toured the, the country three or four times the word would get out i'm sure but you know i have a life and a family and stuff i'm not going to go that route and i can i can live my little rock star life with you know 75 people in a room and that's fine with me but um but you better believe everyone in that room is on board with it you know <laughs> they love it you know <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that was the the the, the Philly cheer squad. Right? <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> so yep. speaking so speaking of details, uh, do you have a source anymore for the yellow gold perloid? That's funny. You can't get it here in America, can you? No the straight jacket card, right? Yeah, I I I, I, I the last the headstock. The la- well, the uh, the last uh, blank that I had went to Pete Curry for a for a base project that he was doing. right. Yeah, and where did like, you get it from? I I bought the last ten blanks that all parts had in stock. Oh, they had some. Yeah, they had they had some. So I guess it was a, whatever Japanese manufacturer that they used had yeah. a had a little left over. But man, it's it's so impossible to find, and That's it's so, so cool looking. I do have some, and I would just, you know, order it from my Korean factory, and they would just send me a bunch because I couldn't get it here. Even uh, Pitcard Heaven, you know, that guy has everything, old 
you know, stuff that you can't get anymore. And he's like, oh, I can get that. I can get that. And then he called me back. He's like, no, I can't get that. Yeah. <laughs> so what a strange thing, right? Now my Chinese factory is now sending me the right stuff. It looks right. Yeah, there's, you know, there's the a, first there's, time there's a yellow perloid that that I've been able to get, and then there's like a bronzy perloid that I've been gold. able to get, but not the same stuff. Mm. The gold is tough, and um, yeah, the first time they shipped me guitars, they actually sprayed um, tint onto white pearl, so they couldn't find it immediately. Oh, yeah. But then the next next order, they had uh, the right color. So How may cool. I suggest uh, the French or the Italians because they have to repair all the accordions. <laughs> right <laughs> i'm just saying like you know That's just true, a guy sitting over here listening to this show please box <laughs> anyways well man this is you may you got some super fun guitars uh and are you are you basically like these are the models and these will all the bees be the models or are you constantly doing new stuff oh man you know it's tough i've actually backed off because um I'm not even turning out many Mach 4s or Belvedere's anymore. Um, and it's hard to keep things in stock. Um, I'd noticed. almost rather not. Yeah, well, I, but the room, having the room for, um, you know, you got Mach 4s, you have Belvedere's, and you have Galaxies. Now you have different colors of each, and maybe you have a base version. I mean, you're talking about a big warehouse there. And the second something goes out of stock, you have to place an order for more guitars and each model, it gets out of control. I'd almost rather have less models. And right now, I'm just doing galaxies, and I'm just using that format to create all new ideas. Uh, each galaxy that comes out has this new idea. I try, like, um, that's funny you mentioned Will um, from Adam Ant. I made him a cheese grater guitar. And basically, it has this weird cheese grater material under the pickups, but it has two dummy coils underneath mm. the pick guards. Now, once again, we're talking about pickups underneath the um, pick guard. But when you turn those other pickups on, then you get hum canceling with mm. the single coil pickups that are outside the pick guard. Um, so each galaxy has some other weird art project built into it. It's kind of neat. It's kind of fun. I'm loving it, actually. So no, what if sure. what if somebody goes to your website and they see that Galaxy Mach 4, that Pelham blue with that cream whitish color? I mean, that's the most plain looking one you have on the website. But my gosh, is that thing just sexy as hell? Uh, yeah, sometimes you know, simple is the best, right? Yeah. So could somebody, you know, order that today if they put a deposit down? You said Mach 4, the Moserite shape one? Yeah, yeah. Like the Pelham um, Blue with the... Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, that one. I'm trying to remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cream, right? It was supposed to be like a Melody Maker looking thing. Let's yeah, it kind of well, does. Somebody ordered a Mach 4, that, and that was it. They wanted it to be more like a, a Melody Maker. Mm -hmm. And that's what I created on that guitar. Um, tough because um, that body and neck was made in the USA factory, which is not happening right now. Hmm. But he has all the CAD drawings. Like I could get those things and I could have them. I can have those parts cut out somewhere else, even in China. That might be the next one we do in China, but um, yes, it would take time to have that one made. Hmm. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering. Mm -hmm. It could be done though. I like it. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> so about about twenty years ago, I guess I had one of the Mach twelves, the twelve string, oh, yeah. uh, and I that was a wonderful guitar. I mean, it actually sounded good. It played in yeah. tune, 
Yes. Nice, that was a nice job on that. Now, that was part of the import line. Is that right? Yeah, that was Korean. That was the Korean factory. Mm-hmm. And we stuck with them for a good 10 years. Well, we would have still be sticking with them, but they um, they closed up. A lot oh, of the wow. Korean factories closed up a good five years ago. It all just it crashed like the stock market. They all just disappeared because uh, yeah. cost of living in Korea went up and that's so and, uh, weird because like in the last couple of years, it's like we've seen more and more, like I swear half of the people that we've interviewed that are guitar builders have their signature handmade line and they've, and they also have like a Korean the Korean line. line. Like yeah. It is, it, it's almost everybody. And so, so they're still working with Korean factories. To oh this yeah. Day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, a, Sully, Pure Salem, those are like just two that come to my mind that, that they have. Well, you got Reverend. And, Reverend. And, uh, yeah, still doing Korea. ERS. So a lot of them closed, but two or three apparently stayed open. And my choice was to either go with one of those that stayed open and they were asking higher prices or start an American line and try and do yeah. Um, an American line with a lower price. I was, gonna, I was trying to come in at the same price point that the expensive Korean tars were we're coming in at and um we did it for a while it's just it's very hard to run a factory here in america we can talk about that for talk about that yeah. for hours yeah. but um it has a lot to do with um i hate to say it but it has to do with healthcare. Mm. um people in this country and um it's it's hard to run your business um it's hard to run your factory with workers um when there's major costs and these other companies i'm oh, sorry these other countries don't have that cost yeah you know they have socialized medicine and uh even we broke it the the factory was huge it was big it was cumbersome we broke it down to just the luthiers and they couldn't make the guitars because they had to go get full-time jobs to have health care so they weren't making guitars they're out doing their full-time job trying to do the factory part-time so it was just if they just had healthcare, they could have been making guitars all day long, you know? Yeah. So it's tough. It was, it's weird what killed it. Interesting. Um, well, and but, also uh, from what I understand, I remember Pure Salem sharing this, is that like, hey, I'd love to make a new model, but I have to buy 700 of these, you oh, know, yes. or, or was it, it, you had to fill half of a, at least half of a container, like at a container half. ship container. I never did that. I always shared a container and that, brought the price up. So that's probably why they want to do it, bring the yeah. price down. Yeah. So now I'm doing China and I don't know. I just, the quality is me now. The, the guitar comes to me with problems, but I can fix all those problems. I level the frets. I make a pick card. I rewire it the way it's supposed to be wired. I'm taking the pickups apart, flipping the magnets on them to make them hump canceling, wow. <laughs> rebuilding everything on it. And when it's done, it's, it's the exact guitar I wanted from, from the start and it's awesome and people love them tons of great reviews that's cool that's cool uh, and it's fun for me too <laughs> i can <laughs> i, I can more. imagine this that's like i envy i envy the ability to like make a guitar that you want like i i just you know it's it's yeah. a special thing yeah, and yeah. you make a special guitar and so um, i i hope that you you know continue to do that and that people get who maybe haven't even heard of you or, or aren't familiar with this or, or maybe haven't even dared to say, I could rock a crazy guitar like that, that they would, you know? <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> uh, we're going to mosey on over to see what's going on with Jared. We've got a, we've got, I'm pretty sure we've got a special one this time. Yes, we do. We have a special long, would you rather? 
So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, would you rather... Today's Would You Rather, buckle in, it's going to be a while. And it's really fun. And this is from our good friend, Mike Millard. So, would you rather... You're walking down the street, and you have in your hand your latest telly build. You're a hobby builder, and you're a serious builder, too. And while building guitars is not your primary source of income, you've always wondered if you can make a go at it. To your great surprise, coming up the street the other way is Keith Richards. <laughs> he says, hey, mate. And uh, kind of eyeballing your freshly built guitar. Says, Can I see that thing? You say, sure. And uh, you're, you're super pumped. So Keith takes your telly and he plugs it into a little pig nose amp that just happens to be right there. He bangs out a few chords and he says, hey, now, this thing is talking to me. Tell you what, mate. You let me have this guitar and I'll play it on the jumping jack flash on every stop of our two... 2022 world tour but keith goes on because of a complicated legal arrangement i have regarding product placement on tour you won't be able to sell any guitars you make from this point forward you can make and sell all the banjos you want keith adds with a chuckle but if you let me play this guitar on stage during during our tour flashing your name and logo on the headstock all over the world. You can, you just can't sell any other guitars ever. Yes. Gee, I don't know, Mr. Richards, you say. I've always wondered if I could make a living selling my guitars. Well, mate, Keith says, in that case, because I like you, here's another option I can offer you. I'll arrange for you and I to make a couple of promotional bits for your guitars, you know, for magazines, etc. In fact, since you're a right proper chap, I'll even do an informal promo in person at your booth at next year's NAM. Yeah, right. Then, as long as I'm not seen or recorded actually playing one of your guitars, you're free to make and sell all of them you can. Just be a celebrity endorser for your products. Free of charge. So that's your options, mate. What do you say? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's well, Todd. All right. So in summary, you've made this wonderful Telecaster. You run into Keith. He likes the Telecaster. But if he plays it on Jumpa Jack Flash in the, was it the 50th or 60th anniversary tour? You can't you, make any more you guitars. You can't make any more guitars. Only banjos. Yep. Or... Keith, because he likes you, he will become a uh, a spokesperson for your company. And be ransacked and mobbed at NAM. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tony Baloney, what are you going to do? Well, not being able to make or sell other guitars would not be an option in my book. So I'm going to let Keith do the, the, uh, the endorsement Nam. at NAM. And, uh, you know, see what happens, but the, let the chips fall. But yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, how much, you know, one song on a tour, hmm, not going to get much exposure. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. That might be the song that you go to the bathroom on. 
<laughs> or get a beer. All right. Or change your mask. Yeah. Change, change your mask. Right. That'd Hilarious. be fun. Uh, Jared. Yeah, I'm going to do the promotional, but the, I'm going to do the promotional at uh, the NAM show. I think, um, I think that would be more benefi- beneficial to me. Um, I probably have to put a big plexi uh, square so people won't, you know, mob him. And I think you should, you should get, make a big plexi, uh, like a, a pod, like in spinal tap mm-hmm. and he have to, he'd have to stay inside there. <laughs> he'd be like the bubble boy guy, you know, <laughs> exactly. And people can't ransack him whenever they want. <laughs> All right. He's just, he's just sitting in there playing the guitar, you know? Nice. Chris, about yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't see the NAM show thing happening, you know, well, <laughs> I mean, I, what's it? In a hypothetical, like, a hypothetical. you know, in a, in a normal situation. In, in fantasy land. Yeah. There's in no fantasy COVID land. in fantasy land. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course you take the promotional thing. You don't want to stop making guitars, you know, but, uh, I mean, it happens to me in real life where someone says this or that and, well, that sounds like a better deal for me, but the better deal for you never seems to pan out. So you can probably kiss both deals goodbye. You know? so <laughs> he's probably not coming to them, you know. Mm. And it was fun to meet him, and that's usually where it stops. But yeah, if he comes to them, then go for it. You know? Yeah, he really shows up, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I what feel about like you? Been- oh, go. Yeah. You know, I I think I'm going to have to side with you guys on this one. Um, of course. Yeah, uh, it sounds it sounds tempting, but it, it never never is not a good word. So, never being able to do you know whatever blank is is usually not ending up well, despite how tantalizing the 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 Keith carrot may be. So, yeah, I guess I can say I'm I'm also talking. F- from experience as well. I, I build pickups for, I built pickups for a guy about 12 years ago that put him in his guitars and he sold four of them to Steve Miller of the Steve Miller band. And Oh, that's Steve Miller. Oh yeah. You know, Steve Miller have a band (laughs) that one guy does the couple of hits or whatever. Jet airliner, Steve Miller. Yeah. There's another very famous Steve Miller, by the way. He's not a musician, musician though. Is, right. is, he, is, is he a space cowboy or a gangster of love? <laughs> All right, Tony, shut it. <laughs> and even after, and he, he would play, I think, two out of the four on stage, but only for one song. Yeah. Or one or two songs, I think, because he, I think he toured with a hundred uh, guitars at the time. But what a joke! Yeah, so, so I, I guess I would, I would, I might change my mind if the if the option was that you couldn't make that exact model that you gave to Keith, but you could still make guitars. Sure, yeah, brand, yeah, with your brand, yeah. yeah, that that I that I could go for that, but mm. yeah, to not be able to make any other guitars. Mike Millard, thank you so much for the Would You Rather. Indeed. Everybody send in yours, too. Indeed. We appreciate the thought that went into that. Uh, Chris, if you hang out for just a second, we're going to thank some very important people to us, and then we'll uh, wrap up with you, okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. Awesome. Tony Baloney? Yes, at Tanya this point. Tanya Yeah, this is me. <laughs> Hello? Take your time, buddy. Okay, I'm like going to stretch it a little bit if that's okay with you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> at this point of the show... 
we have a special group of VIPs, very important people that we'd like to thank. These are executive producers, and they deserve every bit of thanks that we can muster up for them. What's an executive producer, you may be asking? Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and find out all the ways in which you can participate, can be a sponsor, can be a patron of this very podcast. Each level comes with a great thank you gift package, including things like t-shirts and barefoot buttons and stickers and pics and oh my goodness, the list goes on and on and on. Even keychains, I'm told. But as an executive yeah. producer, you get all that great stuff. And there's one more thing, Jared. What is that? Get to have your name right on the thing. Your name right on the thing. That's what I'm doing right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zandt, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Leah Martin, James Pennington, Richard Kendall, Ty Harmon, John Williams, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, David Rando, Douglas King, Gary Cooper, Rob Saxby, and Elad Mazrahi. <laughs> oh, but wait. I, I got I to gotta note how much we've been butchering his name. So let's just, oh. I guess we can keep on doing it. <laughs> how, how is it? How, I don't how, know. He won't tell me. He won't tell you. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I, I like saying it. Elad Mazrahi. Sure. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Stop interrupting, though, Todd, I'm because sorry. there's another special group of people, extra special. These are our grand poobas. These are the dwellers of the penthouse suite above the other executive producers. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Mr. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Vasa, Sean S. Yes. Yes. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Tim Nowak, and Tyler Rains. Thank you. Rains, I'm sorry, not Rains, Rains. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I think Tyler Rains is some country artist or something like that. Sounds like. <laughs> Why not? Hey, my name's Tyler Rains. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you, Tyler Rains, for doing that. And for everybody else, we appreciate you so very much. Much. Much, much, all the muches. Chris DePinto, where can people find you and and hopefully get a hold of one of your guitars? Oh, yeah, like I said, um, Instagram might be the best place to uh, see what I'm doing and then, you know, message me there or I don't get alerts there. So maybe message me on Facebook, you know, but either place is that's usually where I am. And some people go to the website and they fill out the form to order a guitar. And I'll get that too through an email or just pick up the phone and call, you know, call Philadelphia. And I think people are shocked that when they call here, they talk to me. They think it's like this big company mm. and they get to talk to the CEO, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the guy packing the guitar up too. So <laughs> right on uh, Tony Baloney. Well, let's just say you need a special pick guard. Uh, head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the stuff that I have to offer. Uh, you can see some of the projects we've talked about here on Instagram at pickguardian and the number one. Uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will take very good care of you. 
Jared. If you're in need of pickups, uh, new pickups, pickups that look old, repaired, uh, you need some repairs on your pickups or, you know, restored, uh, just uh, get a hold of me through Instagram or... You got a weird old Japanese guitar that you need better pickups in. Exactly. Or uh, email me, Jared at BrandonWomPickups.com. It's on the website or message me, whatever. Fantastic. You can shoot me an email, Todd at the guitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs, and I'll be sure to share whatever you send with the fellas here. Uh, we get a lot of great questions, and we would love to hear your would you rathers as well. So please continue to send those in. Chris Pinto, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I have a quick question before you go. Absolutely. Did you ever think about calling it Guitar Knobs N O B S? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's it, isn't that funny? Yeah. No. That's yeah. for. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, oh, no BS. I got you. Okay. N O B S, not not K N O B S. Yeah. Guitar knobs. There's right? too much BS in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be false advertising. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. We had a great time talking with you. No problem. Yeah, and uh, everybody else out there, have a great guitar weekend. Subscribe. Yeah. yeah. That's that's right. been gaining traction. I wonder if you you know it's a lot of pressure, but uh, ready go. Tony believes it. I believe it. Hello, Mister Pinto. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Can you hear me? Yes. Are you there? Yes. If okay. things get weird, I'll let you know. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I said Tony Bellone. All right. You guys want to do it? You can do it. I'm not doing it. Yes. <laughs> My thing. <laughs> I do it. Uh-huh. Damn it. <laughs> All right, uh, one more time. <laughs> it's it's remarkable. Like those two things in combination. Those two things in combination are pretty, pretty outstanding. Anyways. You couldn't wait until after we're done no, talking? Couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Thanks, Jared. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jared. <laughs> Subscribe! Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time. <laughs>